Well, it's Monday morning, so you know what time that is. It's time to overreact here on Locked On Balls. What did we like? What did we dislike? What do we know now going back and watching the tape from Saturday's win over Texas A&M? What's it mean moving forward to the Alabama game this week? We got a lot to uncover. Buckle up. It's your Monday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. Shout out every day yours for making Locked On Balls your first listen every single day. We're a part of that Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that is game time. Uh, we got a whole lot to get into. A couple of notes that I have going back and rewatching the football game from the other night. Tennessee, again, still won the football game. Not sure if you're aware, all right, but Tennessee did win that football game. We are so close to it. We're obsessive. We're fanatics. We're fans. I'm a media. It's my. I'm a media. That makes sense. It's my job to cover every single angle of this football team. But, I mean, the vibe since leaving Neyland Stadium Saturday night is, oh, my gosh, Joe Melton sucks. Oh my gosh, it's awful. It's awful. Um, in case you forgot, Tennessee did win this football game. <laughs> so I had to tell one of my buddies that the other day. I'm like, I understand, but look at all the positives from this game. Defense was fantastic. Run game against the SEC's best rush defense, fantastic. Special teams was awesome. Got a special team score. That's good. Again, more on that as we continue on. But I just, it's like, man, there was a lot of good. There was a whole lot of good that outweighs the bad, in my opinion. But Anyway, the bad was bad, and we'll get to it, and we'll talk about the rest of the week. But I've got some some notes here going back on the rewatch from that football game on Saturday. We are the scoring plays, courtesy of the Ball Radio Network. Not a whole lot, but uh, we will hear all the important plays and how it sounded on the Ball Radio Network stats and my caner grades uh, to wrap up the show here on a Monday. Uh, first order of business, first note I have for you right here. And don't forget, Twitter Tuesday is tomorrow, so... Uh, any questions, comments, concerns, a lot of you guys have already been sending them in. I've put a star by them. I've bookmarked them. Uh, we'll get them on tomorrow's show here on Lockdown Balls. Uh, first note I want to get in, and if you haven't listened to the postcast from Saturday night, it was actually early Sunday morning when I got home uh, from covering the game. I encourage you to do that. It was some more uh, real reaction uh, before I went back and kind of studied and, and started to write columns and all that. Um, go go listen to that. And I think I dropped this note on that podcast, but I'm gonna I'm going to say it here again. This was the first game a Josh Heupel head coach football team won that didn't score 30 points. Josh Heupel said after the game, yeah, I hadn't won too many football games like this. Actually, coach, you haven't won a game like this ever as being a head coach, not in Knoxville, not in Orlando, at Southern at UCF. Uh, this is the first time ever that a Josh Heupel head coach football team won a football game with not scoring 30 points. Uh, also, I believe this is the second time a Josh Heupel head coach football team in Tennessee uh, failed to score more than just one touchdown, and I believe this is the first time at Tennessee, and I would imagine overall, I didn't look at UCF, but I would imagine overall that this is the first time a Josh Heupel head coach football team won a football game scoring only one touchdown. So. Uh, that was kind of interesting there. Kind of interesting for sure uh, that the first time ever that Josh Heupel won a football game not scoring 30 points. Um, this is not a, a fantastic note. This is from Grant Ramey. Okay, he, uh, you know, my colleague over at VolQuest.com. This is a note from him 
and it's a really good note, but it's not good in terms of who your starting quarterback is. Um, four of the five lowest scoring games during the high pull era at Tennessee have been Joe Milton games. All right, I'll say that again. Four of the five lowest scoring games at the University of Tennessee under Josh Heupel have been with Joe Milton as your quarterback. Bowling Green, back in 2021, that was 38 points. Clemson this past year, huge win. New Year's Six Bowl game, huge win. Uh, Clemson, 31 points. Joe Milman, just starting quarterback. Austin P earlier this year, 30 points. Uh, Texas A&M, just uh, this past weekend, 20 points. The other, the fifth one, was obviously Hendon Hooker was your quarterback. That was at Pittsburgh last football season in Week 2. So Joe Milton was the starting quarterback against Bowling Green, Clemson, Austin P, Texas A&M. Uh, it's four of the five lowest scoring games uh, as Josh Heupel is your head football coach here at Tennessee. So uh, again, you are never going to be as explosive, in my opinion. You are never going to be as good offensively because you're not Hendon Hooker. You don't have Hyatt. You don't have Tillman. You have Darnell Wright. Um, you were going to take a step back offensively, okay? That's that's not the shocking thing about it, you know, from 2022 to 2023. I just think that, you know, you thought you'd be a little bit more explosive and you thought you'd be scoring a little bit more. But nonetheless, I, I did want to pass along that note. Uh, this is, note is from Brent Hubbs, a really, really good note. Jalen Wright has 569 rushing yards on the season. 294 yards of that, 52% have come after contact. Jalen Wright has been really, really good so far this season. Really good. And over 50% of his yards have come after contact. That's how good he's been. I uh, wrote about it over at VolQuest.com. I call it the big three, kind of going back after I, I watched the football game and uh, my big three takeaways, if you will. Uh, the the first big one, you know, the, the, the one, if you will, that I kind of wrote about was, you know, where's the want to? And I know everybody's beating up on Joe Milton right now and, Certainly we'll talk about it as the podcast and the week goes on about his stat line. It's not good enough and everything, but you know, the, the one, two, where was it on the drive? Number one, it was third and eight. You had a free play, a free play and you don't take a shot down the field. Okay. So that's a knockoff or situational awareness football. Like no, no, it's a free play. I think, I think you knew it was a free play, but Take the shot down the football field. You don't have nothing to lose. If you take a shot down the football field, take a shot of the end zone, it's picked off. It's okay. You're getting the ball back. It's a free play. He does take off and run, and it's like, okay, well, you didn't take a shot on it like that, but you see green grass take off and run. That's a smart heads-up play by Joe Milton. And it was also good to see because that's something in a part of his game that you wanted to see more of the past couple weeks. But instead of putting your shoulder down and going and trying to run over somebody and get that first down, you go out of bounds. And I understand, quarterback, you want to protect your body, all that. I hear you. I hear you. But, dude, it's the opening drive. Situational football. Put your shoulder down and go to the sticks. I mean, what are you doing here? You know why? You know why that was costly? Well, obviously, you didn't get the first down. You didn't take a shot deep. So, third and eight turns into third and three. You take the five yards. Still third down. Jalen Wright gets stuffed on the third down and three play run up the middle, and you're forced to punt. I mean, come on, have a little have a little whereabouts here, right? And then you look at Max Johnson on the ensuing possession, the first possession for Texas A&M, and he's running all over the place. And he's diving for the first down markers, and, and, and you're seeing, and I'm not saying that Joe Milton wouldn't give an effort, but again, it's that want-to. Like, I saw more of that from Max Johnson early in that football game, that want-to. Now, to Joe's credit, as the game went on, he started to get feeling himself a little bit and started running over some guys, and that was good to see. Um, but it just, I mean, come on now, have a little whereabouts. you No 
situational football, first and foremost, take the shot down the field. That was my first big takeaway. Uh, no, number two, you know, the defense made a statement about where your program is. On a night where, gosh, point were so, points were so hard to come by, you win in an unconventional way. You allow one touchdown on the day, okay? You create two turnovers. Uh, in the fourth quarter, a chance to two possessions, two straight possessions for AM, a chance to tie or take the lead, and you bow your back and you pick the football off. Okay, you allowed AM to be five of 17 overall in the day on third and fourth downs, five of 15 on third downs. Job well done. Job well done, Tennessee's defense. How about that? And though you only got two sacks, and though you only got five TFLs, you were hitting the crap out of Max Johnson all game long. That was re- that was really really good to see. And then the last one, I was just like, hey, how you know the, the last of the big three was you know how great is D Williams, right? Um, on, on a night where points were so so hard to come by, you needed a spark, and you got it from D Williams, downing the punt at the one yard line. Defense coming out, getting a quick three and out. And then D. Williams making one guy miss, then not running the rest for the 39-yard touchdown or you know punt return for a touchdown. What an effort from D. Williams, and I love his mindset. What he spoke in after the game, saying, "Hey, you know, I just got to know I got to be ready. I can only control what I can control." Uh, the question was asked to him, "Have you been lobbying to play some offense?" And he's literally, if you're watching on YouTube right now, he's like, "Yes," and that's all he said. But he was like, "Yes," <laughs> but he was like, "I can only control what I can control." And tonight, I did what I could control when I scored a touchdown. I, I just, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, coming up, scoring plays, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. Do you want to get into two more notes? And I saw these, so I bookmarked them. This is from Bill Martin, Tennessee Sports Information Director for Football. Pro Football Focus, James Pierce uh, for Tennessee against Texas A&M. Five quarterback hurries, two tackles for loss, one sack. He's currently the highest-graded defensive lineman in the SEC this season, by Pro Football Focus at 91.6. And we know from Pro Football Focus Wednesdays at 91.6, that is considered an elite grade. So somebody asked me last week, I I don't know if it was on the show or whatever, but it was, what does it take to be considered an elite prospect? James Pierce, 91.6. How about that? Another note from Bill Martin, Kamal Haddon for Tennessee in 2023, eight PBUs, that's pass breakups, tied for fourth in FBS, second in the SEC, Three interceptions, that's tied for 12th in FBS, that's 5th in the SEC. 11 pass deflected, that's tied for 2nd in FBS. And one pick six, 90.3 coverage grade, according to Pro Football Focus. That is the first of all SEC defensive backs. How about that? Kamal Haddon is having himself a year. He really is. He is having himself a year. Hey, when we come back, scoring grades and more, courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. That's what you have to look forward to when we come back right here on Locked On Balls. Do you want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time? You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next event. Game Time, it's fast, it's easy, easy way to buy tickets, not only to sporting events, but to music, to theater, to comedy, all that near you. With last minute killer deals, all in prices, views from your seats, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. What I like about Game Time on that app, they show you your seats before you buy them. So you're literally seeing exactly what you're going to pay for. Plus, they got that lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. So they truly, truly do have your back. Plus, all in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps at Game Time. Uh, app, the Game Time app. I encourage you to download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. 
Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College. That's L O C K E D C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And also a big shout out to our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Awesome, awesome stuff. It's the largest independently owned uh, daily fantasy sports platform in America. Easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on your two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll on in. All right, Price Picks is the most fun I have ever had, winning 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick again. You got a total, you're going to say, are they going to go over or under, which is more or less, the projected stats, and then just place your entry. It is super, super easy, plus quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types is what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports out out there it's not just football you can do basketball college football national football league you can do cricket you can do tennis you can do golf <laughs> i mean you can you can do soccer they've got so many in WNBA. you got so many different platforms and, and sports to to look at over there at pricepicks.com so what i encourage you to do all right is go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college use the promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. meaning if i put in 100 dollars Price pick's gonna match me $100. If I put in 50, price pick's gonna match me 50. Again, pricepicks.com slash locked on college. Put in that promo code locked on college for an instant deposit match up to $100. That's at pricepicks.com slash locked on college. All right, guys, I want to welcome you back here to a Monday edition of Locked On Vols. Tennessee, a 20 to 13 winner over Texas AM, 5 and 1 on the season, 2 and 1 in Southeastern Conference play, and moving on to the road at Tuscaloosa, at Alabama this weekend, and then at Lexington for Kentucky, the Wildcats the following week. Uh, we're about to find out a lot about Tennessee, that is for sure. And um, again, you know, the way Tennessee's running the football, the way Tennessee's improved on defense, you saw what this team can still do when you're getting essentially nothing from the passing game. You saw that on Saturday. You really did. Imagine if Keaton doesn't drop that pass, if Keaton continues to run down the sideline and maybe catches that uh, that, that that go route, that fade, right? Uh, what if um, you know, Dante Thornton, or not Dante Thornton, what, what was the other one, guys? It was, uh, oh, Chaz Nimrod. What if Chaz Nimrod is not interfered with down there and, and you connect on that 40-burger or whatever it was? I mean, things can change. Things can change in a hurry, but... You saw Tennessee win an SEC game doing all that and playing elite level of football without basically having anything in the aerial attack. So um, Tennessee's still a dangerous football team. Tennessee is a very dangerous football team and absolutely can win on the road this weekend. We'll break, we'll break down that matchup as the week goes on for sure. I uh, do want to go back and listen to some of those scoring plays and how did it sound courtesy of the Vol uh, Radio Network. First, we will start with the first touchdown of the game, Tennessee uh, received the opening kickoff, got a first down, and then it was that whole Joe Milton non-situational football awareness. When he runs out of bounds, they come back, do third and three stuff. Tennessee has to pump the football uh, to Texas A&M. A&M gets the football, marches 80 yards on seven plays, takes 415 off the clock. A very athletic type play from Max Johnson gets Texas A&M on the board first. And Tennessee was in a quick hole, seven to nothing. Johnson will go under center with an eye formation. Two tight ends to the right. Johnson, play fake, rolls, looks, 
Comes back to the left. Oh. Now he looks again, cuts it back up to the five, dives for the pylon on the left side. Did he get in? Yes. Touchdown. Max Johnson rolled to the right. There was nothing there. He was going to do a bootleg and look for his tight end. He came back all the way from the right hash mark, rolled all the way to the left and dove at the pylon and got the touchdown. You can hear the annoyance, the frustration in Pat Ryan's voice there. Pat Ryan and Bob Kessling. Bob Kessling, the voice of the Vols. Uh, that is the Vol Radio Network. I have written uh, and verbal permission from the Vol Radio Network to uh, play these highlight calls here on Lockdown Vols. Uh, the, uh, that's written in the description as well. And um, Tennessee was behind 7 to nothing. Tennessee does come back, tie the football game later in the first quarter. It was Joe Milton, his only passing touchdown of the game. A little 7-yarder to Jacob Warren, a little play action. Rolling out to his left, hits Jacob Warren, capping a six-play, 51-yard drive, 210 off the clock, and Tennessee was all knotted up at seven apiece. With a first and goal at the seven, Milton sends squirrel wide in motion. Going to roll to the left, fires, and the pass is going to be caught, going to the pylon, we got trying him. to get there, and it's a touchdown to Jacob Warren. Play fake going left, and Joe Milton hit Jacob Warren, who fought his way to the pylon, and gets a Tennessee touchdown. So from there, it was Texas A&M that took the lead at 10-7 in the second quarter. It was uh, Robbie Bowl. Was it Robbie? I can't remember his name. I can tell you right now. One second. Randy. It was Randy Bond who kicked the uh, 41-yard field goal, capping a 51-yard 11-play drive, six minutes off the clock for A&M, and it was 10-7. Uh, then you go into halftime. I think you had a Charles Campbell miss 51-yard field goal in the middle there sometime. Tennessee trailed 10-7 at the halftime break. Coming out midway through the third quarter, we've talked about the sequence. You down the punt at the one-yard line. Great punt by Jackson Ross. D. Williams downs at the one-yard line. Tennessee's defense comes out, allows one yard, gets minus one yard, causes a false start. They back it up maybe a half an inch because you're already backed up on the goal line. Uh, you have an incomplete pass, good pass defense by Kamal Haddon on that third down. You punt the football to Tennessee. It is D. Williams, 39 yards to the house, and Tennessee takes its first lead of the ball game. And here's how that punt return touchdown sounded for D. Williams, courtesy of the Ball Radio Network. Constantini back with his heels right on the boundary in the end zone. Gets the snap. Gets it out of there. Tennessee's got a return on. D. Williams comes up at his own thir- at the AM 39-yard line. Makes a move. Breaks Good a tackle. Move. Gets to the 25. Gets to the 20. Can he outrun everybody? And he does. He does. Tennessee touchdown. D. Williams. 39 yards. Caught the ball as Tennessee had the return on. Made a move in the middle. Cut to the outside. And then his speed took over. And D. Williams gives Tennessee its first lead of the day. 13 to 10 on the touchdown return. Special, special player is D. Williams. First lead of the day, and Tennessee would never look back, though. I mean, again, guys, it was it was close. Tennessee led at that point in time 14 to 10. Uh, what a what a freaking play. Um, ensuing possession for AM. It was uh Randy Bond again connecting for 24 yards, making it 14 to 13. It makes it a one-point deficit for AM. Tennessee leads 14 to 13. You head in the fourth for the fourth quarter, and Tennessee adds on two field goals from Charles Campbell, one from 31 yards, one from 24 yards, so make him two for three on the day. 
and Tennessee gets it up to 17-13 and 20-13 on back-to-back possessions. Now, Tennessee should have scored on one of those when he got the football back. Right after that first interception I'm going to tell you about, it didn't, had to punt. But on back-to-back possessions, A&M had the opportunity to drive the length of the field, guys, and take the lead. Drive the length of the field and take the lead, but it could not. And it was because of back-to-back interceptions caused by the front rush and then guys in the back end first gave Judy Lolly, and then it's Kamal Haddon, and Kamal Haddon's interception sealed the game. It was a really, really nice play by Haddon going up. I was, I mean, Tamari McDonald was right there as well, but I think it was all Kamal Haddon just goes up, hits the ball into the air, a little tip drill, goes up and gets it, runs around for a minute, gets down, and that's all she wrote. Tennessee was a winner. Here's that game-sealing interception for Kamal Haddon. Here's how it sounded from God from Bob Kessling on the Vol Radio Network. Tennessee leads 20-13. to 13. Johnson out of the shotgun. Back to throw. Tennessee pressuring. Johnson stands in there, fires, pass, tipped in the air, intercepted by Tennessee. At the Go down. Five-yard line. That's Haddon. Kamal Haddon still running around. Now he slides down at midfield. Johnson's intercepted for the second time. Kamal Haddon comes up with a big play, and Tennessee holds on 20 to 13 with 22 seconds to go. Good stuff there. Really, really good stuff there. Kamal Haddon, who just continues again, kind of like what I was talking about in segment number one with Joe Milton. It's like his mess ups just kind of linger, and it's hard for him to get the benefit of the doubt sometimes on the odds of Tennessee fans. That's Kamal Haddon. I said it on a couple different podcasts already. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses. Those were bad. South Carolina game last year, not wrapping up in Florida this year. I get it. Those were bad. Now I'm not making an excuse. But if you can like find a way, if you're one of those people, if you can find a way to look past that and you see what he's just doing as a cover corner this year, it's playing out of his mind right now. He's playing really, really, really good football. So those are the calls, the highlight calls, the scoring calls. Courtesy of the Ball Radio Network, Bob Kessling, Pat Ryan, Brent Hubbs, and um, really, really enjoy the Ball Radio Network allowing me to play those here on Locked On Balls. When we come back, stats and Kaner grades, that's coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. Do want to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Brewing uh, Company. Athletic Brewing Company, awesome, awesome awesome company for the non-alcoholic beers but they they sponsor the game changer of the week and just like james pierce i mean what a freaking animal right got another sack i uh, just read off that stat from bill martin he's you know the, the top rated defensive lineman in the sec per pro football focus had like five quarterback hurries another couple tfls this past week he is playing out of his mind right now. But just like James Pierce, Athletic Brewing Company, changing the game for non-alcoholic beer game. Uh, make non-alcoholic beers actually taste really, really good. So their beers are great tasting. They're award-winning. They beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and a whole lot more. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime anywhere and make any activity even more enjoyable. These activities such as watching the Big Tennessee game, going to your kids game, the soccer game on a Saturday morning, tackling some work or hell, working out, right? There's no hangovers ever with non-alcoholic beer with Athletic Brewing Company. In-store, online, and bars around the country, uh, you can get your Athletic Beer uh, Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you. You can buy online at, athlet- at athleticbrewing.com. First, cu- first customers can use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE 
uh, to get 15% off your first online order. That is locked on at checkout. So let me try this again. First customers, use that promo code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. That's locked on, L O C K E D O N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, a final segment left here on this Monday edition of Lockdown Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here. Don't forget Twitter Tuesday. Any comments, questions, fill up the comment section on YouTube for this episode. DM me at underscore Kaner at Lockdown Balls. Um, tweet me. I'll, I'll bookmark them, and it's when you everydayers get to take over the show. I've already made a note of a couple of you guys already reaching out to me. I appreciate you guys for that, as always, and we'll read them on there, and we'll have a discussion about it. All right, stats and Kaner grades. Well, Tennessee did a whole lot good on Saturday. You know, what did they do good? Well, first, let's look at total offensive yards, 332. That's below the season average. That's not that good. 71 plays, 4.7 yards per play. I mean, that's that's okay. It's not great, especially in this offense. Uh, passing yards, not great. 100 passing yards, 4.5 yards per attempt. That is not great. And, of course, you have that interception. But what Tennessee did really well running the football against the SEC's best rush defense through six games. That was Texas A&M that allowed 84 yards. I said it a million times last week. It's only right to say it again when I tell you what Tennessee did to that. Allowed 84 yards on average on the ground for you know rush defense was Texas A&M going into this game. Tennessee ran for 232 yards, averaging 4.7 yards per tote. How about that? Running the football. Hats off to Tennessee's uh, offensive linemen, Tennessee's tight ends, and those running backs. Penalties, not a good day for either squad. 11 for eleven penalties, 90 yards for Texas A&M. 12 penalties, 115 yards for Tennessee. Usually when Tennessee is over 100 yards in penalties, Tennessee loses that game. Of course, usually when Tennessee does this or this or that, they lose the game. But on Saturday, you won the game. It was a really, really weird win. But again, you take that win for if you're the University of Tennessee. Uh, Jackson Ross had four punt, three punts, two that were inside the 20. He averaged 40 yards, and of course, one was down to the one-yard line. He did a really, really good job. Uh, possession time, I thought this was interesting, and I think this says a lot. A&M had possessed the football for 30 minutes and 48 seconds. Tennessee possessed the football for 29 minutes and 12 seconds, meaning it was pretty much easy. And Tennessee's never going to win the turnover, or never going to win the time of possession battle, but when it's that even... You know you're not scoring an awful lot. <laughs> I think that's pretty, pretty telling. Uh, third down conversions. AM was 5 of 15. Tennessee was 7 of 15. Fourth down conversions. AM was 0 and 2. Tennessee was 0 and 2. Red zone scores. This is something Josh Heupel, you know, harped on in the postgame press conference and at halftime. Uh, red zone. Tennessee was very poor in the red zone. Tennessee scored on three of five trips to the red zone, only one touchdown. So on five trips to the red zone, Tennessee scored one touchdown. It's not good enough. That is not good enough. AM scored on all three of its trips to the red zone, but again, only scored one touchdown as well. Let's look at the individual stats, and that's kind of where I'll get into my canter grades right here. Uh, we'll start with, well, let's start with the quarterback, shall we? Um, again, <laughs> I talked a little bit about it in the, in the postcast. You guys will ask me questions about it, I'm sure. We'll talk about it as the week goes on. Um, I'll, I'll just continue to stay here at the early week. At the early portion of the week, I, I am not clamoring for a quarterback change. I'm not telling you. I mean, I'm not a coach. I haven't seen Nico scrimmage. I haven't seen Nico practice outside of throwing routes on air for, you know, a five-minute period back in August. I mean, 
I'm not going to act like I'm sitting there and saying, oh, Nico's ready to do this, do this. Um, I do not anticipate a change being made. I know a lot of people a lot of people are wondering. I just I do not anticipate it. I just I don't think a, a change, especially this week, I do not believe a change is going to be made. Uh, at the end of the day, too, you're five and one. And so I know you're winning in spite of your quarterback and you won in spite of him the other day. But a lot of you guys thinking right now and yelling into your, you know, your your, your dashboards, your cell phones or whatever. Sam, what about Nico? What about Nico? I don't believe that there's going to be a change. I just don't. If I believe that there's going to be a change, then I'll pass that along. Uh, but right now, I just don't believe that there's going to be a change. Having said that, let's look at how bad these numbers are. Golly, 11 to 22. 100 yards. One touchdown, one interception. He was sacked three times. Joe Milton. Ramel Keaton dropped the touchdown. He stopped running on one to the near sideline that I thought he could have caught. Uh, Chaz Nimrod was completely interfered with that they didn't call, and I thought that could have been caught. So again, just like every single game, we say shoulda, coulda, woulda. Well, if that one was caught, if that one was caught, if that one was caught, and your receivers got to help him out a little bit. Nothing Chaz Nimrod could have done there, but you know, but but Joe Milton at the end of the day just missing wide open slants, not seeing the safety in the end zone when you're forcing a football in there when you're when you're juiced up and jacked up, jacked up. Um, you know, after you run over that guy and you, you force a football into the back of the end zone when a safety is just sitting right there in the middle. That's two games in a row. And for a lot of the season early on, you're saying, well, at least you're not making mistakes. You're not making mistakes. You're not putting the football in harm's way. Well, the past two games you have, that's not good enough. Tennessee cannot have this stat line and win football games in Tuscaloosa. Tennessee cannot have this stat line, in my opinion, and win a game uh, in Lexington. Hell, win a game in Missouri and beat George at home. Yet this has got to be better. It's got to be better for sure, and I'm not saying anything that you guys don't know. Um, I did like how Joe Milton did get some hidden yardage out there running the football um, in the second half. Thought he did a good job of running the football and, and kind of taking what was given to him. You know, he ended up with 50 yards gain, only 34 net because he got um, he got sacked a couple of times. But the stat line for Joe Milton, not great. Chaz Nimrod thought he stepped up and played pretty well in this football game for an injured uh, Brew McCoy. Four receptions off six targets, 31 yards. Squirrel White, three receptions off six targets, 29 yards. Um, you know, there wasn't, wasn't really much doing in the receiving game. We know that. But the run game. Jalen Wright, 136 yards off 19 carries, averaging 7.2 yards per tote. This guy is an animal. Man, what a game. I love watching Jay Wright run the football. If your dad and uncle are listening right now, gosh, your boy is good. Man, he's good. Um, and I think Jabari Small has had a good year, and I love the rotation in the backfield. I truly do. I love D. Sampson. I think he runs hard for his size. I, it's hard to find the touches for all those, but all, obviously Jalen Wright is is the bell cow. That's obvious, 19 carries. Um, it's hard to take some carries away from Jabari Small because I think he's playing well, but I'd love, to see, I'd love to see Dylan Sampson get involved more. I would still love to see Dylan Sampson get involved more, but – Man, Jalen Wright, 136 yards against that rush defense. Job well done. Job well done. I mentioned Jackson Ross earlier, two punts inside the 20. I thought he had a heck of a day. How about how about the first game of the season? A lot of fans, not all the fans, a lot of fans are ready to wipe their hands clean at Jackson Ross. Well, he's been a weapon for Tennessee. Charles Campbell, uh, two of three kicking field goals. He's now missed two from 50-plus yards. So coming into the year, he had hit multiple 50-yarders. So far this year, he has not. Uh, so that's that's something to, to remember going forward. Josh Turberville, five kickoffs, four touchbacks. He continues to be really, really good. And then defensively, 
You had a sack by James Pierce, two TFLs, five quarterback hurries. You had a sack by Tyler Barron, a TFL quarterback hurry. You had an interception by Kamal Haddon. He had an interception by Gabe Judy Lawley, Aaron Beasley, Elijah Herring. Both had five tackles. Just a really, really solid day defensively for this group. So as we say goodbye, here are my Caner grades. And, <laughs> you know, uh, they're my grades, so don't care what you think. But obviously, these are obviously, you know, subject to, uh, you know, the, the interpreter, I guess. A uh, quarterback's going to get a D. Ramel King's got to help him out. Officials, help him out. Call a defensive pass interference. Um, too many misfires. And the play calling, uh, you know, the play calling was very much affected by that. I did not think Josh Hopple called a very good game on Saturday. And I think a lot of that was because you were just super inconsistent throwing the football. Receivers, quarterback is what it is. Uh, quarterback, D. Running back, A. You do that against the number one ranked rush defense in the uh, in the in the conference. Job well done. Uh, tight ends going to get an A. Jacob Warren caught a touchdown. McCallum Castles caught both of his targets, and of course you helped block for that run game. Wide receiver is going to get a C. Didn't think the wide receivers did a lot to help out your quarterback. Um, didn't really do an awful lot uh, in terms of you know changing the game. So I'll give a C to the quarterbacks. Offensive line, you allowed three sacks. You had a couple penalties again with your guards, Ollie Lane, Javante Spragans. But again, you you ran the football for 232 yards. So, uh, you know, hard for me not to say the offensive line didn't have a pretty solid day. B-plus for the offensive line. Defensive line gets an A. Doing all that without Omar, Omar Norman Lott I thought was impressive. I like the snap counts continuing to get up there. Dominic Bailey played a lot of snaps. Elijah Simmons is, is continuing to get more snaps. thought Amari Thomas played really, really well. thought Bryson Eason played well. Um thought James Pierce obviously played well. thought Joshua Joseph flashed a little bit. Uh, defensive line gets an A. Linebackers get a B. couple missed tackles there from Herring, from Carter, uh, from Beasley. But overall, it's pretty solid. Uh, really good against the run as well. AM ran for 54 yards. Really good against the run. Loved what this defense did against the run. Uh, defensive backfield. Wasn't perfect, never's going to be, but give me an A. All right, Max Johnson, everybody's saying, well, he's a backup quarterback, he's a backup quarterback. Dude started at two different schools in the Southeastern Conference. He's been there, done that, he's a veteran in this league. And Tennessee's defensive line, Tennessee's defense had its way with him. Uh, 16 of 34, 223, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Two interceptions on the last two possessions of the football game coming from Gabe Judy Lolly and Kamal Haddon. The defensive backfield gets an A. Uh, special teams, I mean, let's see here. Six kickoffs or five kickoffs, four touchbacks, six kickoffs, five touchbacks, whatever that is. Uh, you down a punt at the one. You have two punts inside the 20. You average 40 from Jackson Ross. You have a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, special teams gets an A. How about that? D. Williams, MVP. Special team gets an A. And then coaching, I'll give coaching a, a, a C. Um, Tim Banks, very good night. Tim Banks, the defense, very good on third and fourth downs. However, there were two dimes where it was third and 14, third and 15, or third and 15, third and 16. Two of the five third down conversions for the AM offense came off third and balls. Come on, you got to get off the field. Um, but overall, Tim Banks, great game. Josh Heupel, like I mentioned earlier, I do not think this was a great called game by Josh Heupel also think he was handcuffed a little bit um, because the uh, forward pass was not working in the way of the uh, Tennessee offense on the night. So anyway, 
Those are my thoughts a couple days after going back and watching the game, taking a look at the stat sheet and all that. Hope you enjoyed it. We have a whole lot to talk about this week, getting ready for Alabama. Tennessee's dangerous. Tennessee's right in the mix. And when Tennessee runs the football and plays defense like that and gets contributions on special teams, I mean, hell, if you complete a pass now and then, I mean, you're going to be a dangerous, dangerous football team. There's a lot of positive from this football game. I know a lot of people don't want to believe that. A lot of positives from this football game, I'm telling you. You're going to need to play some good football heading down to Tuscaloosa this weekend at Brian Denny Stadium, and uh, we'll continue to preview that as the week goes on. Twitter Tuesday, that's tomorrow's show. Any questions, any comments, concerns, whatever you guys want to tell me every day or as you take over the show, uh, that's at Locked On Vols and at underscore Kaner. And, of course, uh, you can fill up the comment section here on YouTube as well. Appreciate you guys as always. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow, guys. This is Locked On Vols.